the new era. Next level. Raw. In your face. Hard hitting. To the edge. PWE is talking sports. The all-star crew. Dan O'Mac. Big Kaz. Brokowski. A-V-Z. And the game changer. The new beginning is now. Welcome back. This is Talking Sports with PWE. And this week, I have one more friend that I did last week. Chinstrap is here. He's joining us. He's going to be going to the Pistons game tonight. So if it echoes, he's just walking through an arena. He's in downtown Detroit hanging out. What's up, Kyle? Hey, what's up, guys? Back. The part timer is back. <laughs> All those glorious vacations. But I want Kyle's life because Kyle goes on the best vacations. So I'm I'm a little envious of his life. He gets to vac not even the wrestling part of it. I'm envious of all the trips he gets to go on. That was Dan O'Mac that you heard. That's right. Bro Kowski, what's up? Yo, what's, what's up? going on, my man? Yeah, you knew better this week than to do to do what I you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, see, technically, I see I should have never even done it for the show. Like that's just like my thing. <laughs> you know how hard it is to stop. <clears throat> so this week we're gonna start with um, we had a couple conversations in our group chat a little bit earlier. We were talking about uh, athletes and how they react to fans that might come at them verbally sideways at games. And uh, I feel like Kyle, out of all of us, would have the most experience with that, being a professional wrestler. He's in the ring. Um, none of the rest of us play any sports of any sort to be hassled. But uh, we were talking about, like, how do you feel about that and where's where's the line that the fans shouldn't cross? Now, Dan on Mac, what do you feel about this conversation that we were talking about earlier? Uh, you know, I feel like if you're if you don't step the line and be personal, you know, if you're if you're if you're heckling a baseball player saying he's not going to catch a fly ball or whatever, that's one thing. You know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but it's when you step the line and you start saying things that's personal because um, you don't know what that person is going through in their life. You don't know what they're going, but if it's the simple, Oh, air ball and basketball or something like that, I don't see problems with it. Or, you know, wrestling's is a little different. Kyle's what they call a heel. And, and, and he likes to get that negative reaction from fans arguing, you know, they might tell him he sucks or whatever, but that's fine. But once you cross that line, I think that's when it's it's too much. Well, let's go to Kyle. You know, like you said, you've been in the ring. You you are a heel most places. Uh, uh, you've heard, especially at Russian, wrestling shows, we've all been to sporting events, and we've heard hackling from fans. But wrestling's a different monster when it comes to fans and athletes' interaction. Not only that they're so close, but 
yeah, the things they say is a little extreme. Yeah, man, I agree with Dan with the personal aspect of it. Um, when you come to a show or critique somebody by the performance or their art or whatever, you're coming to be entertained by it. And if you're not or if you feel displeased, you can say whatever you want, in my opinion. All that. But when you start assuming, you know, their personal life, degrading them personally, you know, everyone says that mental health is a real thing. And then it's people attack things that cause, you know, issues in people's mental health. So it contradicts for sure. And it's a lot of times assumptions. People don't know the work that's put in or the hours that are put in, but they want to assume things and make judgment based off it. And there's no room for it. But if you want to talk about performance, you have every right to. You bought a ticket. Yeah, I think on the performance end, you know, telling people, you know, even a, a you suck or, you know, stuff along the lines of that, especially at sporting events like the basketball, uh, baseball. I mean, this past year in football, we the big deal was about Aaron Rodgers flipped the fans back off or said he owned them after the fans flipped him off. You know, I think that's even okay. Give him the finger, you know, like if you don't, like you said, personally attack people, uh, people on their race, people on their, you know, religion or uh, <clears throat> their sexuality. We had an experience just this past Sunday with somebody, <clears throat> excuse me, attacking uh, the trans community online while attending a show. And uh, a lot of people are taking that very seriously and they got booted out rightfully. But we had talked earlier, the NBA has had a lot of games where fans have been getting kicked out and even for kind of some small instances, I believe now are, do you think those athletes are getting too picky or were they having a bad day? Brokowski. Uh, well, when it comes to that stuff, you know, I heard that a lot of it was pretty racially charged and bullshit like that. So of course, you know, them kind of fancy to get kicked out and banned. And even if they are season ticket holders, who gives a shit? I think this Philadelphia 76ers just recently banned a season ticket holder because of saying some shit like that to somebody. I can't remember who it was on the court. But um, I definitely think that fans can definitely heckle the players. I mean, you know, you're coming to our hometown, so of course we want to see you lose. But, I mean, it's pretty simple to, you know, not talk about uh, race, religion, somebody's sexuality, even in their home life and personal life, like, you don't need to say shit like that. You can be like, hey, you suck. You know, I don't see uh, Kyle going down and starting the next mouse of the palace tonight and start throwing shit on the ground at, at Trey Young. So, <laughs> I mean, nobody wants to see that shit. But I'm sure he's going to boo the shit out of him, you know. There's nothing wrong with when he misses to give him some shit for it. Especially at the free throw line. Like, that's, like, what you're supposed to do is to distract the opponent. But sometimes I think it gets out of hand. Um, I think like Westbrook call, getting upset over calling getting, being called Westbrook, or I meant Westbrook. Westbrook, yes. Yeah, Westbrook. I kind of think like that's kind of over exaggerating. I'm not gonna lie, I really do. It's like, come on, dude, that's not bad at all. Like I understand if like his kids getting in shit. Now that's fucked up and shouldn't be done. It just is for him on the court, and that's where it just needs to stay. 
Yeah, and if I can chime in on that, like, um, people don't want to put, people don't want to be in someone else's shoes. Like, if you put yourself in in their shoes for a second. Like, imagine if that was your your son or your daughter or your would you want some saying disrespectful thing to them, or would you disregard it because you think you know it's okay to say? Like I agree, the the West Break thing. I mean, you're you're making fun of his performance. He's gonna make his shots. That's what he gets paid to do. Um, but you start attacking his family and saying his wife needs to shut up and things like that. Now you're going way too far. But the whole point of buying a ticket is to interact. So absolutely, you should you should be able to be vocal because that's the whole point of the entertainment aspect of it. I mean, I think it's a discussion that people, I mean, will defend both ways. On this side of it, you know, I think we all think the same way. Like, there is a line you don't cross. We all heckle at every sporting event, uh, wrestling event that we go to. Um, We're probably some of the most vocal people. But even we know to not cross the line on certain things. We don't get super vulgar. That's something that kind of bugs me, even though, you know, you're at a sporting event. A lot of times, like, my kids go to sporting events with me. And even the use of certain language at sporting events, I think that's kind of crossing a line. Even though you're not saying anything incredibly bad towards the player, too much, you know, of, you know, fuck you or, you know, shit like that gets kind of annoying. Yeah, you know, especially when people take your – performance on the court or on the field it's knocking you morally like they're trying to like i guess you know who you are they don't really you know they don't know you on a personal level they feel the performance is that they have the right to demoralize you in a way and like that you know i've dealt with that and you know you can't really play into it because those same people they want that reaction. And if you give it to them, then they'll keep doing it and they'll do it to other people. And like I said, that mental health thing is a real thing. They do it to me and I react to it like they go to the next guy. You know, I've had it happen to me online. And, you know, it's, it, people try to attack my character over a performance. And, you know, they don't even know me. But some people aren't going to change. And that's always going to be a discussion. Yeah, and I, social media is made that explode more than God, I remember. I mean, Dan and myself, we were teenagers and young adults in the 90s. You know, and if we go back to that, and even I'll admit I was probably guilty of saying certain things, you know, that I wouldn't dare say now. And But that was with your friends, you would call them names. But now you think about it like, geez, you know, the, the 90s, you didn't have the social media to put people on blast. You didn't have the social media to, you know, go and attack somebody like people like Kyle was just talking. They attack your character and your personal life just because of something they have no idea about. That we could go on all day about. I think we're going to move on to there were some big moves in NFL free agency today. One big move, Brokowski, I think you had the numbers on the contract there, didn't you? Um, that was for which which one? I'm trying to find it here. Tyree Kill. Oh, Tyree Kill? Oh, yeah, Tyree Kill going to the Dolphins. He's getting $120 million for four years. 
I think it's a pretty damn good pickup on where Miami's wanting to go with their franchise in the future. I think Tua's going to be their quarterback of the long term down there. And I think the Dolphins did enough to pick people up on defense to make a impact defensively because that's why I think that they struggled a lot on last year. They were pretty decent offensively to begin with, but now with this addition, they're going to be pretty damn deadly down there. Speak- At least to take out the Pats. Speaking of the Dolphins, where did Gasecki go? Did he resign or did he go elsewhere? I'm pretty or- sure he resigned. I mean, if you got Gasecki and Tyreek Hill, you know. The the Dolphins have quite uh, a lot of receivers on the roster right now. So I think they could just – it's going to be one of those plug-and-play things that where anybody's going to step up and at every get, any given week be that second and third because Tyreek Hill is going to take the attention, you know. And then, you know, they, got a, they went out and got a running back. They've been building – Signing players and create. They gave out a lot of draft picks for Tyreek Hill. Five, five, and four or three of them in this year's draft, if I'm correct, right? A first, a second, and a fourth, and then I think next year they got a third and a fourth. What does that do to the Chiefs? I was just gonna say, I think Kansas City made out best in the deal, though. To be honest with you, they just signed Juju. So they already had Tyrus replacement before they were even like, yo, hey, you can go ahead and look. I mean, replacement? But still, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I mean, they got a receiver to take him over. They just traded for Christian McCaffrey. So there's another freaking explosive player in the backfield who can also catch the ball off the, off the wing. I mean, and then they get five picks, three in this year. I think it was a, a big win for Kansas City. The only problem about draft picks is, is are they going to be able to scout the right talent and these draft picks pan out? How many times have we seen busts in the NFL draft? To me, I think that actually it puts at least the Chargers as – a heavy favorite in that West, if not the Raiders as well. I mean, I think uh, Juju is 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 a, a good receiver, but he's no Tyreek Hill. You definitely downgraded at receiver. I don't care what anybody thinks about Juju. I, I don't know how this can benefit the Chiefs unless they are hit hit home runs on these first two uh, picks in the first second round that they picked up from from Miami because it's going to take a lot to fill that talent that you just traded away. Now I get it. Tyreek Hill wanted, wanted money and chiefs don't pay money. They have their money invested in Pat Mahomes and, in Travis Kelsey. Uh, but I, I don't know. I think this puts chiefs at a little bit of a disadvantage in that really good West. Yeah. I was going to agree with that. in that division, it definitely put them, it was kind of a surprise move to make, especially since the rest of their division is really building up to go after the Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs are the top dog right now. And until they're dethroned, they're going to be the top dog. And the other teams know that, and they went and prepared for that. Also, you know, could the Chiefs use these draft picks as leverage in the draft also? Maybe they got their eye on something they really want, and they'll throw a package deal at another team to move around in the draft. Somebody that might need some more draft picks. Because, I mean, really, what do the Chiefs need to fill in? What is a, a, a definitive need of the Chiefs? You know, the offensive line's pretty great. 
they're not out looking for a quarterback. They made a move for a running back. Yeah, they did get rid of Tyreek Hill. And like you said, Juju is not, to me, he's not the same caliber, but he is also, he's a good receiver. And they're probably one of the best tight ends in the game. Now their defense might need some work. But what are you going to trade up and get Kyle Hamilton? No, Lions are taking my two. They better not. The official that McCaffrey's on the Chiefs, because I was reading something that wasn't sure if he was officially on the Chiefs or if he was still with the Panthers. But um, I think it's a bad move by the Chiefs because, like, yeah, what, what do the Chiefs need? Defense. But what did they have? The highest scoring offense. This isn't a no more river. This is quite possibly the fastest receiver or fastest player to ever play in the NFL. You can't teach speed. And you're losing that for maybes. The Dolphins now have – a lot of versatile weapons. We don't know what the Dolphins are going to be. I think they're going to be a bad matchup for some teams, and maybe they'll mess it up against others. They're going to be a fun team to watch. But Tyreek Hill is not just another receiver. This is a different breed. And having Juju there is great on the side of Tyreek. If he's replacing Tyreek, I just think it's a downgrade. And their window, they're one score away from going to another Super Bowl. I would not have closed the window yet, and I think they did. I agree with Kyle. I believe the whole AFC is going to be a completely different landscape. And I think now, uh, depending on how Miami plays, they could be the best team out of Florida, and that's with Tom Brady with the Bucks. Yeah, I definitely thought that the Christian McCaffrey went through, because like, he would be the perfect – like, in my opinion, he would be a great – he would be that star quickness, but he'd be coming out of the backfield instead of a wide receiver. But if look at his injury. Through. Look at his injury history. I mean, he yeah, can't stay healthy. He's not injured. He was hurt what? One and a half. I understand that, but he was he was the number one. He was the number one option on that uh, Panthers team. Now you're wanting him to fill a similar role as Tyreek Hill, so you're wanting him to be their number one option. He's not gonna. He's not gonna stay healthy. So that actually, if it hasn't went through yet, if I was the Chiefs, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I think I like I like the move if he does make it. Like you said, yeah, he might be have these injuries, but maybe that's because he was doing too much in Carolina. He was carrying the weight. You know, who did Carolina have with him helping anything? You know, he was running his fucking ass off. You know, uh, and I think in Kansas City, he'd be able to uh, his play amount, his play count might be the same, but his contact. His, the way he plays, I think, is going to be much different, especially in that uh, offensive scheme. But let's move on to another move that happened this week, which totally busts the idea of Jimmy G going to the Colts. Matt Ryan, the new quarterback in Indianapolis. How do you, let's go to Dan O'Mac on that one because he's, he's really high on the Colts. Yeah, Colts are my second favorite AFC team behind, you know, next year's Super Bowl champions, the Buffalo Bills. Um so what I like about this trade is Atlanta's taken $25 million of the cap. Hit. Um, Colts already have a lot of money to spend, and now they're still going to have a lot of money to spend. They need a receiver. Um, I know before we got on here, people were talking about, oh, OBJ to the, uh, to the Packers. Why wouldn't he want to go to the Colts? You know? 
I think he'd still be on the table because I think Julio Jones is going to end up in Indianapolis. I would take Julio Jones, but I think Matt Ryan is – I've always said Matt Ryan and Matt Stafford, if you look at their career stats, they're, except for this past season that Stafford won the Super Bowl, they've been pretty, pretty spot on. Is it the sexy pick? I would have rather seen Baker just because I like Baker better, but Matt Ryan for two seasons with only having to absorb, what is it, $19 million of the cap hit? I, I don't find that as a bad option for the Colts. Yeah, and I, and I read that uh, they passed on Jimmy G because they questioned that shoulder. And, and it's not the injury in itself. It's in the time that he can come and spend with this team to learn a whole new offense. That was uh, what I heard the reasoning is. They went with Matt Ryan instead of going after Jimmy G. But with, I that, think being said, with that being I think, said, I still want to see the Colts look at a long-term solution for quarterback. I don't think you're going to find one if you're talking about draft and they're not going to find one this year. I don't know if any of them are – ready or do they take a flyer on something like Desmond Ritter who they say is probably two or three seasons away from being a starter in the league but I definitely want to see what they're going to do long-term answer because Matt Ryan he's probably got two years left and there's probably not much more after that for him but for the short term I like it you think going to Indy will extend his career a little bit though they got they got a they got a good line they have a good running back they have some decent receivers right now, and if they go out and get another receiver, like say, you know, Julio Jones, who he has a past with, you know, those guys could probably pick up right where they left off. You know, the Colts have more than Jonathan Taylor, even though he's probably arguably the best running back in the league now. But they've got other options back there. Uh, they have uh, they have Naheem, uh, uh, Naheem Hines. They I don't know if they re-signed Marlon Mack, but they have other options at running back as well to take that load off of Taylor as well. And Naye Himes plays that kind of slash role, which he's good at. So, you know, if they can get another receiver, the Colts might be the favorite in that South to, uh, to win, but they definitely need a, a receiver for Matt Ryan. And like you said, Julio seems like would be a perfect fit. They always got along. There was no bad blood when when julio left so yeah that that would be that would probably be the best move yeah, and i'm gonna talk about i think jimmy g stays in san fran another year at least just one more year you know i don't i don't think anybody was like looked at him and he wasn't enticing enough if he's not gone somewhere else now i don't think it's going to happen um i think he plays one more year and like you said, maybe he stays healthy and down the line the Colts do will go after him. Uh, Baker Mayfield, where is he going to go? So, Baker Mayfield is in the absolute worst situation could possibly. Cleveland shit on him. Last year there was no reason why he should have been out there playing. You have the, the best running back combination in the league of – Chubb and, and Hunt, and you're having Baker go back in the pocket with a fucked up shoulder and passing the ball 30 times a game, 
it just they were setting him up for failure and now he asked for a trade and they tell him no but then all of a sudden Deshaun Watson decides I want to go to Cleveland which I said was Deshaun's best option last week on the podcast Carolina is is not where Baker needs to be and and is he even the the type of quarterback you know and the Seahawks as well they don't have a line they don't have weapons Baker's kind of in a bad spot and to think that there's gonna be guys like Marcus Mariota Davis Webb starting in this league and Baker's just kind of hanging out there to dry he's not he's not a horrible quarterback look at his career stats he's not he's not a I mean he's right there on par with stats the first five years of his career what Matt Ryan did so I, I just don't see why Cleveland's just completely shit on Baker Mayfield. And he's been the best quarterback in this Cleveland Brown franchise. I mean, if you want to argue the previous Cleveland Browns franchise, Bernie Kosar, but this Cleveland Browns franchise, nobody's been better on that roster at quarterback than Baker Mayfield. And you're just basically throwing him aside like he's nothing. And they've had a number of quarterbacks too. It's about 31 or so that's gone between Bernie Kosar or Baker Mayfield. <laughs> that's just that's, – that's funny to even think about. You know, like like you say, I, you feel he's gotten shit on. And is he going to have a home next year? You know, the possibilities of Seattle. Um, I had said earlier, Dan Orlovsky said that the Bucks should trade for him so he could sit behind Brady for a year. Uh be a weird move with that contract that Baker has that he would have to travel with. Um, but yeah, the, what other teams would even be a, a fit for him at all? Isn't this coming season his fifth year of his rookie deal that they picked up? Yeah. So it's not like he's making a shit ton of money. I mean, where would he want to go and be a backup at? Somewhere where there's a veteran quarterback that's probably got a season left. I I don't like the man, but Tom Brady can probably play to he's 75 and still and still be one of the top 10 quarterbacks in football as much as I hate the man. He he could definitely play for another 5 6 years, so why would Baker want to go to Tampa for a year and not not play? I think big I think Seattle's going to or Cleveland's going to hold on to Baker until we see somebody's quarterback get hurt. And then they'll trade for Baker and put Baker in. I don't like Seattle or Carolina for him. I think Seattle would be his best bet to even have a chance for a playoff run or anything. I think any any other option open for him right now is going to be a rebuild option is him coming in. You really think? I'd like to be selfish, and I'd like for him to come to Detroit. I think he'd be a great fit here in Detroit to save us from this nightmare that's Jared Goff. Because I can't stand that dude, but I don't want to give up a first-round pick for him because I don't think he's worth. Definitely not worth this year's first, you know, number two pick. Next you, year's possibly. So here's a know, question. Time. Of course, this is all hypothetical. Would you trade the Rams' first-round pick for Baker Mayfield? The 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 pick the Lions got from from the Rams, the last pick of the of the uh, first round. Would you trade that for Baker? Yeah, I would. Or would you trade would your second round pick, which is just a couple picks later, and then you have those first first two those two first round picks? 
but then <laughs> but what are you going to do with golf? No matter what, I think. I don't think it'll be just a straight up, you know, Baker for the. Uh, well, you can't game. because they have. Well, the Lions, I don't think are going to do that because they re-signed both their backup quarterbacks. So they're going to go out and trade for another one and then eat the money of golf along with signing. I mean, yeah, you could easily cut Blau and and Tim Boyle, and it don't cost you anything really against the cap because neither one of those guys make much money. But I just don't see Baker coming to Detroit. I mean, they're they're talking drafting a quarterback with that second first-round pick. So. Who wants to pay? Like, the thing with Baker Mayfield, he's a question mark. But, yes, not get paid a lot of money, but eventually he's going to want to get paid. And that's why I think it's a great move by the Colts uh, getting Matt Ryan. Because the thing with Matt Ryan, he's consistent. You, you know what kind of is, you know. And it's cool that Atlanta's finally rebuilding and, and taking care of Matt Ryan. But Baker, it's, it's hard because, yes, he's the best Browns quarterback that we've seen. That doesn't mean he's a great quarterback. And I think a lot of teams are skeptical. You're taking a chance when you get a guy like that. Uh, and same with Garoppolo. You know, there's a lot of question marks with the two of them. They could be amazing players or they might be horrible. And, you know, a lot of teams are afraid to make that, that move because if a GM makes the wrong call on that, that could be their job on the line. But this year would be the year to put that flyer on Baker, him being in the fifth year of his rookie deal, to see if he's going to be worth anything. And there's really the only place, like you said, is Seattle and Carolina. And they're both in full rebuild, so it's not like he's going to have an opportunity to, to show anything. This might be the end of Baker as a starting quarterback in the league. He might just end up being a backup if he's even in the league. Now, granted, he's better than Mariotti, better than Davis Webb, but still – it's better than Mason Rudolph if he's gonna if one of my backup quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, yeah, I agree with you on that one. So let's go into our ad read, and then we'll come back with some March Madness talk. All right. Well, PWE Podcast Network would not be able to do what we do without our partners. Rue Psychedelics. Jeff is does amazing stuff over at Rue Psychedelics. Look at them at Facebook and Instagram at Rue Psychedelics. Whirlwind Productions Detroit. If you're looking for any type of voiceover work, any type of podcast uh, uh, producing, Whirlwind Productions DET on Facebook, Instagram, and Whirlwind Productions DET at gmail.com for anything there. Brain Jerk Entertainment. Brain Jerk Entertainment is not just a podcast. Check them out at brainjerk.com. And next week, we'll be having a new sponsor join the PWE Podcast Network. So look for that announcement later on this week. So we're, we're happy for that, um, that partnership that will be announced uh, next week. And uh, at PWE Pod for talking sports with PWE and Pro Wrestling Edge, uh, pwepod.com for everything for those two podcasts and Edge of the Mind podcast by PWE on Facebook and Edge of the Mind pod on Instagram. Go ahead, big cast. It is March Madness, guys. So since last we talked, they finished out the first round, went into the second round, 
And uh, we have our Sweet 16 set up. Brokowski, what was one of the biggest upsets of the first two rounds to you? Dude, easily the St. Peter's team coming out of nowhere, fucking 15, beating Kentucky. I totally did not expect that to happen at all. That was a shocker. Um, second day, the one that I actually got to watch was Creighton almost taking down Kansas. Creighton had a hell of a run this year. I enjoyed watching that game. I enjoyed Michigan, man. That uh, Hunter Dickinson, that center, that boy looks like he's a real deal. He he played out. He played his heart out there to pull off that victory. And I'm really looking forward to look to seeing them play Villanova in the third round, especially knowing that they got uh, um, Devontae Jones coming back. He was uh, practicing today, so there's a good chance he's going to play in tomorrow's game. Yeah, I think Michigan's a big surprise for me. I, I I picked them to win in the first round, but I thought definitely Tennessee was going to handle them. Um, but uh, I was wrong. Now they're moving on, and they're playing Villanova in the Sweet 16. Uh, I don't think they have a chance against Villanova. I think they're going to pull it off, but uh, good for Michigan for making it farther than what I thought they were going to do. Yeah, I got them going down to Nova this round too, so – I just don't think no. they got what it takes. They're, they're going to need a lot. That's why if Devontae Jones comes back and plays, that's going to help us significantly on all, the offensive side with the threes. Hey, my bracket's well, totally busted. Yeah. Michigan is going to the Elite Eight. It's not a surprise. I know people were talking about Tennessee being a number one seed, but Michigan has been waiting for this. Villanova 2018. Yeah. So uh, this is redemption time. That's what's going on here. But I would say Kentucky for sure, probably the best basketball program of all time going down. I had them in my Final Four, and that totally busted my racket. But, you know, I'm cool with it as long as Michigan continues on. I know that one hurt you, Dan O'Mac. Kentucky going down. Illinois taking a loss. You were high on them too this season. Uh but your pick is still in it to win it. <laughs> I think I have three teams left in the entire tournament. Once three of my final four, once Kentucky lost, I, it, that killed me. That gutted me. Illinois lost and Auburn lost. I don't care anymore. I, uh, Michigan could win it and I could give two fucks right now. I'm done with college basketball. You guys can talk about it. Yeah, I really didn't think Auburn was going Miami team Auburn was an upset to me. I think uh, I think the upsets are done, guys. I, I think this is a collision course. I, I called it day one, and I Gonzaga, Arizona. They're the two NBA ready player teams going head to head. I think they're on a collision course for the championship. And as bad as Gonzaga's played in the tournament, they still win. So imagine when they play good. So I got Arizona beating Gonzaga in the finals, but I think it's destined for the two of them to go at it. I, I do think Gonzaga is going to win it all myself. But, I mean, they're going to have to go through Duke. Duke uh, won some hard-fought battles in this tournament already. Um, North Carolina, even being an eight, they were kind of surprised to be making it that far. They had to go up against last year's champs, Baylor, took them down. Uh, and then you got, like Josh said at the beginning of this segment, St. Peter's. 
could they take down Purdue? Could they be the Cinderella team that makes it that far? Are they that good? Or are they just playing with heart? Houston, to me, is also another team I think has a big possibility that if it, Gonzaga doesn't win it, I think Houston can roll. They were one of the tournament favorites before the tournament was even started. So there's a lot of teams still in it that I think could take it all the way. I'm high on North Carolina because Coach K's uh, celebration last home game, they totally spoiled it. And the momentum's a real yeah, North Carolina looks good, as does Duke. They, you know, those especially those come behind victories. The last couple minutes of the game against State, when you win games like that, the guys start to believe in each other more. And, you know, we've seen it every year. It's hot and they, they keep it going, and confidence is the thing. Especially eighteen to twenty-two year old kids, confidence can be it's like a light switch. It can come on and off. So. There's definitely a lot of teams, but I, I don't see any NBA-ready caliber players besides Gonzaga and Arizona. So I, I think it's the Final Four, and then I think they're going on. And then in the Midwest bracket, you know, you got Kansas and Providence playing each other. That's a one and a four. Then you got a 10 and 11, Ohio State and Miami playing, you know. One of the lower-seeded teams could sneak in and – upset the whole bracket. Kansas is definitely always a good team in the tournament, but yeah, Arizona, if, if they want to make it through, they got some, no matter who wins, they got some hard games in front of them. Also Gonzaga, because Duke, like we said, they get hot. I was watching some of the beginning of the game against the Spartans, and they started off really slow, and it was looking good for the Sparties, and then once Duke just took control, they never let up, so they could do it at all. I think I'm winning. Who's apparently? You take the big chance. You take the lead on the brackets. On the brackets. Yeah, yeah. Right now, I'm up by 30 points on you, but I think you have more possible max points you could get. So you have more teams left in the bracket than I do, by quite a bit, to be honest. But you got Duke and I got Gonzaga, and they're going to end up button heads. So I think whoever wins that one, I think, is going to take this this whole thing. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. But you, you, you called some of the, you called some of the upsets though, Brokowski. I, you know, I was this bracket. I was kind of I didn't take a lot of uh, chances, and that kind of bit me in the ass there. I honestly think I wasn't aggressive enough on it because I did second guess. Can we make a point that I'm done making films with North Carolina, but? Can, can we make it? You just a, wanted to talk rule. again. Yeah. Can we make yeah. a rule that I'm done making picks for anything? You could just flip a coin for everything from now on. That worked out best for you. And That's actually, good. that yeah. was my That's best pick. That, that picked me both of the Super Bowl teams, though. So. It definitely did. So the next one that we come around, you're just going to damn the quarter, man. I like that. Be like Two Face and Batman, just always flipping a coin around wherever he's places. You're gonna see him posting up at a wrestling show, up in the back. Who's gonna win this one? Ping. <laughs> but 
Well, besides that, so, you know, that's our March Madness talk. We got a lot of exciting things coming up. There's 10 games left in the NBA before the playoffs start. Next week, we're going to have a special guest joining us, a personal friend of mine. He follows the NBA very closely. Uh, He's excited to come on. He's going to talk a little basketball with us. Um, uh, Spring training, it's going on right now. The Tigers ain't doing so hot right now, but... Like we said, it's just spring training. Let them games start rolling. I think they won today. Did they? When I when I caught it earlier, they were losing. I thought they played. I thought I didn't come back and win. The wings are going to come back and win last night. Yeah. Yeah, and then NHL. Oh, that's what it was. The NHL is going to be coming around to their playoffs here soon. Also, we got a lot of good stuff that we could be talking about. Stay tuned in. You'll catch Pro Wrestling Edge sports every week until we decide, hey, we're going to take a break, and then we'll do the next thing, you know? Other than that, anybody else got anything else to say? Yes. It's almost April in the D, fellas. The best time of year. I love April, it. April in the D. It's, like it's funny. It's funny that you brought that up. I don't know if anybody ever watched the show called Detroiters. It was on Comedy Central, and they did a whole April on the D segment, and it was just great because, like, watching a show like that kind of hits home because you recognize things, and you see things that we've actually seen. I actually had a friend on that show. Do yeah. You remember, do you remember Tiny Pencils? No. Yeah. Tommy Pencils. <laughs> Tommy Pencils. <laughs> It's a little plug for Detroiters. If you've not seen that show, go check that out. That's, I like that. But this is going to wrap it up this week. Stay tuned in. See what we got in store.